Have you ever been to the number one ranked state fair in the nation? If you've been to the Minnesota State Fair, you have. It's amazing. A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. I love our state fair. I love all 320 acres of it. I love the 10 miles of streets full of food and fun and rides and exhibits and shows and people, even the crowds. It's so exciting and the food is amazing. There are some foods I have to eat every single year. I love corn dogs. I love strawberry rhubarb shakes from the dairy building. I love deep fried pickles and I love fire roasted corn on the cob. I also have tried and really enjoy the deep fried olives stuffed with cream cheese. I love kettle corn. I love the big fat bacon. I love deep fried Oreos, caramel apples, and coffee with ice cream. And my day would not be complete if we did not end with a big overflowing bucket of sweet Martha's cookies and all the milk we could drink as we sit and talk about all we experienced that day. The new foods, every year there are so many, you could, there's no way you could eat them all. And the new foods this year, oh man, they sounded amazing. They had turducken sausages, Nordic waffles, a barbecue split. I couldn't try them all, but I did taste two of them. The Swedish meatball smorgas, which was a meatball sandwich made with three traditional Swedish pork and meatballs. It was topped with white gravy, lingonberry sauce, and tiny little chopped dill pickles. It was amazing. I also tried the rainbow cloud roll, which when you first hear that, you might think it's some kind of sushi, which I do love, but this was not sushi. It was, listen, three scoops of Superman ice cream sprinkled with fruity pebbles wrapped in a pillow of cotton candy. I kind of rolled my eyes when I heard about the fact that they hand rolled these on site. My daughter and daughter-in-law stood in line for minutes and minutes and walked out with, yes, this rainbow cloud. And like we do with all of the foods we buy, we start passing it around for tastes. I was just going to pass, but I'm at the fair and I have to try it all. So I took a bite and I couldn't believe it. I don't like Superman ice cream. I don't like Fruity Pebbles. I'm like so-so on cotton candy. But when I took a bite, oh my goodness, I was really eating a rainbow cloud. It was amazing. Our fair doesn't just have food though. It has animals, chickens and horses and rabbits and dogs. We saw a super cool stunt dog show the last couple of years where the dogs are jumping 20 feet into water. Um, there's cows and pigs and goats and sheep. There's a DNR building with tons of fish. There's a miracle of birth barn. If you feel like going and watching animals be born, they also have other shows, entertaining shows, informative shows, free shows, concerts, and competitions. This year, I went to a uh, presentation on healthy living and eating. It was great. Coach Nicole inspired me to eat better and move more. She made me want to learn more. It's the first time I went to her presentation, but I would definitely go again. There is a show we go to every single year. We go to Sean Emery, the juggler. He's been performing there for 27 consecutive years, and we have been there every single time, laughing at all the same jokes and all his new ones too. 
A few years ago, we even hired him to perform at my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. My dad has had coffee with him. He's become a kind of part of our family. After a show, we take our annual family pick with Sean, and then the guys beeline to the footlong hot dog stand. We do this every year. There is something I don't have to do every year, though. I will be fine if I never again go through the haunted house. One year when I was a kid and our family went to the fair, my sisters and brother and I begged our parents to let us go through the haunted house. It seemed so exciting. It was this big house with steam and smoke emanating from it. There was creepy music coming from loudspeakers and spooky voices saying, whoa. It seemed so daunting and haunting. We had seen this attraction for years right outside of the dairy building. We'd enjoy our Sundays and cones and shakes sitting on the curb right beneath its shadow. And every year we asked if we could go in. And every year our parents said, eh, I don't think so. It was a tradition. But one year, tradition was broken. Where earlier we would ask and they'd say, no, this year we asked and our parents gave us the go-ahead. They paid the entrance fee and we entered at our own risk. I did not like it. Not at all. I don't like being scared. In fact, I hate it. I always have and I still do. I am just wound way too tightly naturally. I can turn a corner in my own home and see my husband who's been there with me in the house even all day. And if I'm not expecting to see him, I jump and I scream. And then I ask, why do you just keep lurking around? The haunted house experience was early on in my life learning curve, though. So maybe I thought I was braver than I really was. Maybe I thought I was that person who loved scary stuff. I don't know. There are people like that. In fact, I have a friend. I wonder if I have a friend who loves scary movies. She just loves them. I went to a movie with her once. I'm just going to sidetrack for a second because I have to tell you about this movie that I'm thinking about. I went to a movie with her once. She wanted to go really badly. And I was like, oh, I don't really love scary movies, but I do like her. And she had trouble finding people to go with her. So I agreed to go. It wasn't like um, a demon or ghost type movie. I cannot do those. Um, it was more like one of those where you like sit on the edge of your seat the whole entire time and you're, you're kind of feel like crying and you're just waiting for something horrible to happen like somebody to jump out of a dark place or a phone to ring. This movie was called When a Stranger Calls. And it was about some babysitter who kept getting prank calls by a stranger. It was terrible. It was super freaky. It was super scary. And when I went with her, I came prepared. I wore a hooded sweatshirt and I asked to sit on the aisle so that if I was so scared, I could leave. And I had the hooded sweatshirt on so I could just close it up over my eyes when things were like too much for me. So we just kind of kept doing that. We walked in to this movie this time. And as we walked in, we were going up to our seats, like front to the left. And we passed and a, a couple of my kids and a bunch of our youth group kids were at the same movie. So they're sitting in the center kind of behind us. But when the movie was about like probably two thirds over and the tension was just like still really palpable and nothing had been resolved and you didn't know what was happening and all this. One of our youth group students and a, f a friend of our own kids snuck out of his row and like kind of crawled to the aisle, crawled down the aisle, found where I was sitting with my knees pulled up to my chest and I was holding my hood like blinders. It was just at this worst time. And he popped up right behind me and said, hey, Kirsten, I, sc I screamed at the top of my lungs twice. <laughs> Tears started welling up in my eyes. I turned around and I said, you jerk. And I heard rows of kids quietly laugh. And then a couple of seconds later, I started laughing too, but just nervously because I'm like, okay, I'm safe. This is just a movie. These people aren't real. This guy's not real. This is going to end. Uh, my heart's eventually going to go back to a normal rhythm. And anyway, oops. 
Back to the state fair. So I don't really love being scared. Um, not a big fan of haunted houses. I did go through it one more time, though, when our kids were younger. Um, they were at the age where they could choose a couple rides to do. And this year, they wanted one of those things to be the haunted house. They, too, had eaten shakes in its shadow. They, too, had been taunted by the haunted and, and begged to go through it. We also relented. We bought our tickets, and we began to enter single file. My husband went first because there was no way I was doing that. Our three sons followed, then our daughter, and then I brought up the end of the line. Uh, I was pretty much attached to the line, though. There was not a lot of space between my daughter and myself. And once again, my heart raced. I screamed for my life, and I hated every second out of it. I found out later my husband and sons had been telling the people to scare the two girls at the end of our line. <laughs> not cool. Now, back to 2018 again. Remember the Swedish meatball smorgas? the rainbow cloud and Coach Nicole and the 27th time we went to Sean Emery. Okay, yeah, this year we show up to the fair as we always do, the Sunday before Labor Day. We met up with our whole family. We had to huddle in the state fair swag booth for a few minutes, put on our newly purchased rain ponchos. We only needed them for a little bit though, so it ended up being great. We played our annual fair bingo game and handed out the prizes. We played our own fair scavenger hunt. We always do an extra game, fair scavenger hunt or fair amazing race or whatever. We divide into teams. And, and this year, the guys won. And this year, as we were all walking down the street and I was snacking on cinnamon toasted almonds and drinking an iced coffee, the inevitable happened. Our seven-year-old granddaughter, Juliet, looked up at me and asked if she could go into the haunted house. She'd been noticing it for years. She had sat and eaten a shake in its shadows. She asked me if it was scary. Yep. She asked me if I thought she would think that it was scary. Yep. She asked me if her brother Anderson, her little brother, would also think it was scary. Again, yep. We, we walked around some more. We shared some more snacks. She asked, are there real people in there being scary or just characters? I wasn't sure how to answer that. I said, there were real people pretending to be scary characters. She asked if it hurt to go in there. I said, no, their rules say they are not allowed to touch people. We wander, I'm pretty sure that's true. We wandered up to the International Bazaar where you can find things from India and Peru and Ireland and Israel and Spain, Portugal, Norway. <laughs> I'm not gonna name all of them. I'm just like going down the rows. Okay, so anyway, many other locales. And as we exited, Juliet asked again if she could go into the haunted house. I told her, that seems like a question your mom and dad would have to answer for you. She went over and asked them, can I go into the haunted house? They said, yes, but if you do, you'll need to go to the bathroom first. <laughs> she now had permission, but she still didn't have quite enough nerve. She walked quietly next to me and then looked up and said, Nana, if I go, will you go in there with me? Nope, I said, I don't love it. I knew also if I'd go in with her, I would not bring any comfort. I said, there are plenty of people here who would love to do that with you, I bet. A while later, she asked, Nana, how old were you when you went in, did, when you went in there? Were you seven? I was like, I was not seven. I was older than that, but I'm not sure exactly how old I was. Are you still thinking about doing it? Yes, but I'm afraid of what might be in there said, I don't blame you. There's definitely scary things in there. Oh, but I really want to, she said. I said, I think you can do it. I think you just need to go to the bathroom first. 
She answered, okay, can you go to the bathroom with me? I said, sure. And as we walked in, she asked, can you stand by my stall? And she asked me like she always does every time we're in a public restroom, will you wait for me? And every time I answer the same, absolutely, I'm not going anywhere. I couldn't help but notice the irony of this moment, this timid little toilet user prepping for her haunted house debut. We met up with the rest of our family outside of the restrooms and the negotiations began. Who would go with Juliet through the haunted house? Her little brother Anderson had already decided he wasn't ready for this. He would sit on his dad's lap and look up at the house and decided that was close enough. I, as we know, had already bowed out. Juliet really wanted her mom to go with her, but her mom isn't a huge fan of haunted houses either. But she is the mom, and that's what moms do. Well, that's apparently what they do after they tell their daughter to ask Auntie Greta or Uncle Tim if they'd go with her. Eventually, our family group of 12 was whittled down to a meager crew of four. Juliet went with her mom, Anna, our daughter, Greta, and our youngest son, Tim. My husband got in line and bought their tickets. The rest of us walked through the steam and passed the, as one of the boys described him this year, passed the poor men's Johnny Depp pirate who was hired to coerce the passers-by to enter if you dare. And while these four dared, the remaining eight of us made our way to the exit so we could see them as soon as they walked out. We started guessing what they were doing as we were waiting. Do you think Anna is loving this or hating this? Who do you think is going first? Do you think Juliet's going to cry? Do you think she's going to be just terrified? Do you think if she cries, it's going to be with real tears? And we started placing bets. <laughs> Alex and I, my son-in-law, took this opportunity to bet a buck that I say definitely tears. He said, nope. A few minutes later, our little crew emerged. We saw them sneaking through the steam. Three adults and a child huddled together like they were waiting to hear the next play call or weather the storm or apparently walk through the State Fair haunted house. We saw Tim first, laughing and looking down as his sister-in-law, Anna, and Juliet. Anna had her arm around Juliet and was smiling one of those, I'm sort of relieved this is over, smiles. Juliet had just taken her hand off of her eyes and it was still resting on her forehead. She looked fearful. Greta was behind them laughing as well. I, I actually posted a picture of this on my Instagram page. So if you're interested, uh, you can check out Kirsten B. King. That's my handle there. But it was just this classic picture. Um, so she's, it's still, she's resting her forefoot. She looked fearful. Greta's behind them laughing. Alex and I are staring closely at Juliet to see who had to cough up the cash. I handed him a dollar as I said, I'm shocked. I can't believe she didn't cry. And as they got close enough for us to hear, she finally spoke. What happened? She asked her mom. And she looked at Tim. What happened? She asked, she, she looked at Greta. What happened? And she was standing and kind of jogging in place and waving her hands about what happened. And we're all thinking, what do you mean what happened? And then they explained to the rest of us. She had her eyes closed the entire time. And she wanted Anna to hold her hand over her eyes as well to be sure she didn't see anything. As she walked through the house, she was curious and kept asking what the others were seeing, but she didn't want her eyes uncovered ever. Greta said once she was yelling, what is this, as they were walking up the stairs. She asked, are you seeing any heads without bodies? <laughs> Greta said no. She asked later, are there any bodies with animal faces? <laughs> Still no. Her imagination was writing a story far worse than what the others were experiencing. <laughs> later on in the day, 
I asked her if the haunted house was her favorite part of the fair. She said, not really, but I didn't see anything because I kept my eyes closed. I didn't want to have any nightmares. I told her that sounded pretty smart. I told her that's why I didn't go in. And then I thought, doesn't that sound a little bit like life? I don't want to stretch this illustration too far, but I can't get this picture out of my head. We are the child. Life is this haunted house. God is our parent who holds and shields us and community supports us. We walk through life with stuff around us that can be scary. Illnesses, broken promises, unmet expectations, moves, relationships, the unknown. We walk through life with stuff around us that is unexpected, a job loss, a diagnosis, a financial crisis, a car accident, a needy friend or a relative. These things that are scary, these things that are unexpected, they pop up around us. We don't know what they are. We don't know where they'll be. And quite honestly, they could be the stuff that nightmares are made of. But we have an opportunity. What if, what if we walked through life full of these scary and unexpected things, but we were always mindful of God's very near presence? What if we were relying on him to shield us from what was scary and to protect us in the midst of the unexpected? We could walk in peace. We could come to the other side and ask, what happened? Because we would be only mindful of the arms around us and the hand shielding our eyes. God said to his people Israel through his prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 66, 13, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. Psalm 18, 2, David wrote, the Lord is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and my stronghold. Do you hear all those things? God is our rock, our solid place. He's our fortress, our protector. He's my deliverer who rescues us. We need to take comfort in the Lord. We need to take refuge in him. How do we do that? We read his word. We allow his words to cover our eyes, to protect us from believing lies, to protect us from seeing scary and unexpected things separated from a trust in God. Do you hear that? God's word can protect us from seeing the scary and unexpected things in life separated from a trust in God. We can find comfort in the Lord when we pray, when we talk with him, when we cry out to him and tell him our fears. When we do so, he can calm our hearts. We all have to walk through unexpected and sometimes scary paths of life. Each one of us, that's life. It's hard. It's nearly impossible to do this alone. We need one another. We need our community, our people to come alongside of us and say, I'll go through this with you. We need community to offer perspective. Let's imagine those who are our meager crew, who are walking through life, are themselves trusting in truth and being protected by God himself. If so, if they are, they will be able to say to us in the midst of our scary and unknown situations, nope, there were no heads without bodies. You maybe felt like they were. You may be felt overwhelmed with anxiety and fear, but you were imagining some things. You imagined you were walking this path alone. You imagined that the end of the story had already taken place and that God was finished working in your life. You imagined God was at finished working in your situation or that God was finished in the life of your loved one, but what you imagined was not true. What is true is this. God loves and God cares. 
Your community is here to walk beside you, to walk with you as you walk through the scary and unexpected things with God's arm around you. You may be yelling, what is this? As you're climbing the stairs, community can say, it's stairs and we are climbing them with you. And before long, you will emerge from this place and see the light of day and be surrounded by not only community, but others you love as well. You may be listening to this right now. You might be identifying maybe more with the one who's still a little scared to go into the house at all. Maybe the thought of God's arms around you or people walking beside you freaks you out. You might be thinking you're fine on your own, or you may be fearful of the thought of community because you've been hurt by people doing community badly and you don't want to be hurt again. I would so love to invite you to allow God's presence and his truth to guide and shield you. I would love for you to allow God and his people to walk beside you so that when you experience the scary and unexpected, you can find peace knowing that nothing is unexpected in God's eyes. And as we wait for those to make this choice, to to take this leap of faith, to allow themselves to trust in God and to place themselves in a place of community, we need to be patient and we need to pray. And as we think of this good news that we are invited to walk through life with God's arms around us in the company of those who volunteer to walk beside us, we need to be grateful. We need to be grateful because of these people who love us because God has loved us first. Man, I so look forward to the day when I finish this journey of life and God's hand is removed from my eyes and my faith becomes sight and I can rest and be held in the arms of my loving Lord and ask Him, what happened? And then hear truth from truth Himself. 